for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to L.A. Talk Radio, your real talk station, your real 24 hours of commercial-free programming. Hey, kids, this is Mark Ellis from Schmoesno.com, and you're listening to Sean on The Green Room. Like a homeless man trying to change his life. We do it so fresh, and we do what the fuck we want to do. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon, the leader in online retail. Log on to SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon banner to support the Green Room. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of the Green Room, Sean Green. All right, everyone, welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on latalkradio.com. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the show, and what a show it's going to be. First off, guys, feel free to give us a call at any point in the program, 323-203-0815. And, of course, you can live tweet the show, at Green Room Show. We'll, le- we'll read your uh, questions, comments on air. I'd like to welcome onto the program... Not my left-hand man, Logan Lysico, no, but filling in instead, Rob Christensen. Rob, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, man. Good times. We also have comedian Hassan Minaj coming in later. He's a uh, very hilarious dude, so stay tuned for that. But I uh, just want to get into it with Rob here. He's uh, Rob, where are you coming from? Just came uh, from... Yeah, I uh, just got back from Vegas. How'd that go for you? I'm 150 bucks down. <laughs> I saw you. I saw you on the Twitter at uh, Rob Loves Bagels, and you were uh, tweeting, "Hey, I'm up. I'm winning money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do spots out here. I'm going to do some stand-up comedy. Everything oh, seemed man. to be going your way." Yeah. I was looking at those tweets. I was like, "Oh man, Rob is just out in Vegas, living it up. Man, wish I was there." When did uh, When did things start turning south? Uh, probably about the time I tweeted, I'm just going to go hit the gym and crack open a bottle of tequila. <laughs> That's about the time. Things, uh, that just seems like such a manic thing to do. Like, hey, look at me. I'm going to pump iron. I'm going to dull the pain with tequila shots. Look, I can't feel the burn because yeah. I'm so drunk off tequila. That I, does. I'm, now, so, I'm so type A. I have to earn things. So I earned the <laughs> bottle of tequila by going to lift weights. Okay. So now, did you really did you really have the tequila open while you were lifting? No, I didn't take it in the gym, but I went and I, I worked out with the half the people I was with and then drank it with the other half of the people. Drank the tequila with the other half. See, now, I always, whenever I went to Las Vegas, I always looked at the gym and just saw it and be like, what kind of person goes to the gym when they're in Las Vegas? You can do anything you want in Las Vegas. This guy right here. <laughs> now, why are you are you that are the that into the gym? I, I try to be a well-rounded person, you know. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, at face glance, you don't, you don't come off as a as a health nut, but I do right, know yeah. you you jog a lot and you seem to yeah, stay right. in shape. You you just told me off air that you recently stopped smoking cigarettes. How'd that go down? I just uh, one day I woke up and I didn't. Well, all right. Here's the truth. I just stopped one day, but the real reason that I. <laughs> well, that's kept, what you told me before the I know. show. Well, and I was now like, I'm so I gotta get totally truthful here. The, the, I stopped smoking on my own, but the re, one of the big helps why I didn't continue to smoke was uh was that I was dating a girl who was like uh like a professional athlete. She was like a contortionist and a, like a Cirque du Soleil aerialist and stuff like that. So she was. She would take me out to the beach and train me, and then she'd be like, "No, you don't need to smoke cigarettes." And you know, when vaginas involved, I'll do just about anything. I'll quit anything. That's, except... qu- that's quite the carrot dangling in front of you. <laughs> I'll quit vagina for vagina. I'll do <laughs> anything for vagina. So you quit smoking cigarettes, but it didn't work out with the chick, or it, nah, it, it, w- it didn't work. It didn't. You work. guys are on and off. Yeah, she's too young. You know, you know when you date those girls who are too young. Right, you guys, you guys out there know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, where the I think you were t- I think we were talking about it earlier. What was her thing? Uh, what uh, the every- girl you were you said you were dating her? She was too young, and it yeah. seemed like what she wanted to settle down right away, uh, or yeah, just well, too kind of dramatic, too up and down. Yeah, well, I know like at 28 and above, girls will let you go six, eight months before they're like, hey, what are we doing? Right. But this girl was 22 years old, so it was like a month <laughs> in. It was like, are we boyfriend and girlfriend? That's literally <laughs> what she said to me. It's like, are you kidding me? Right. Are now, now, now you got social networking. You got the Facebook status oh, sitting yeah. right in front I'm of them. I'm the only guy who blacks out <laughs> drunk, wakes up with a long-term relationship on his hands like I'll, I'll wake up and she'll still be in bed i'll be like wait why didn't she leave then i'll go on facebook and check facebook it's like status re- request change relationship i'm like no so is that is that weird what happens when you see the status request change what do you do 
Um, I, I ignored it, pretend I didn't see it, <laughs> and then uh, and then, then did she bring that up in person? I was, when it happened, I was in New York, and um, so I was able to not talk to her every five minutes or every day. So when we finally did talk, she's like, "Hey, I just want to say, like, I saw some girls posting on your Facebook page." And uh, and I got paranoid, and that's why I sent the re- the relationship request change. And I was like, oh, did you? Didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. uh, let me go check Facebook on that. <laughs> that is funny. The same thing with emails. People say, you know, especially in Hollywood, it, it, no one will ever write back, no, I don't think this is a good idea. They'll just never respond to the email or voicemail or something. Yeah. So you get, oh, and then you like, if you ever try to call someone out on it, they'll, oh, yeah, I, I didn't see that email. I didn't check my – I know I see you on Facebook all the time, or I know you're checking your email. Almost everyone has a phone with the email that vibrates yeah. as soon as you get an email. You can't help but look at the email. I know you're ignoring the email. At least have the audacity to look me dead in the eye and go, I ignored your email. Yeah, right. I don't think I have to respond to you. I think I'm higher up the showbiz food chain to where I don't have to respond to your email. At least be a man. At least look me in the eye and say the, that. The, the whole relationship thing is like I wanted to not put it up there because I was in New York and I thought something might happen. That's <laughs> what so she was, right? But because she did the relationship, I felt guilty and turned down a beautiful Russian in Brighton Beach. Turned it down because I felt so guilty. Even That's we, where they get you, man. That's yeah. where they get you. They tug it. You're a very sensitive guy. They, I know a lot of people say, oh, Rob, he's this he's this rough and tumble guy from Brooklyn. But yeah, I'm sensitive. I you're just, very, I just want to be loved. <laughs> You're very, you're a very sensitive guy. Now you're talking about social networking. I know that's kind of come back to haunt you. I've of course have talked about my experiences with hecklers. There's a couple of videos uh, up on YouTube. I had my <laughs> run-ins. Now you had a a much more in-depth encounter with a heckler. Describe that for us. Uh, all right. Um, when I was in New York, I can't believe I'm gonna talk about this. I just want to say first of all that I I don't approve of my actions uh, in the story that I'm about to tell. And um. <laughs> I, I really a, I apologize. Disclaimer. I apologize to the victims, and um, <laughs> I had a lot to drink. I, I would love when I go back to New York, I'll probably put out yeah, the the olive branch, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not a fig tree. I'm glad I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> it's the first thing that popped into my head. But yeah, I'm gonna put out the fig tree, try to make peace with this guy. But anyway, so I'm I'm sitting there, and there's a terrible comedian going on. We walk in the show. We're like, hey, we're from LA. Let us go up. And it's me and my buddy Colby Dant. So we're sitting in the bar, and it's just this. This girl's up there and just bombing, bombing, bombing. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know when you just lean over and whisper to someone and that's when the whole crowd goes dead and everyone hears what you're saying? Right. Yeah, the that's worst timing. That's what happens. So the girl, she says the Beatles are overrated. And uh, Colby <laughs> leans over Which is to an me. insanely yeah. asinine thing right, to say yeah. to begin with. And we're already annoyed with a bad comedy. And then Colby leans over to me and tries to whisper. He's like, her whole act is overrated. <laughs> And at that, the whole bar heard her say that. So now she's trying, she's trying to defend herself like any comic would. But she right, and and also, how do you de- you put yourself in such a bad situation? How do you defend yourself of yeah. going? No, wait, the Beatles are overrated, but tr- I'm yeah. not overrated. How do you how do you justify that? Right. So, yeah. So she's trying to defend herself, but we tried to warn her and we tried to let her know. Listen, we're comics. We're on the show. Let's not get into it. She wanted to get into it, so you know we went at her. She was just fat, ugly, big <laughs> vagina, just like two <laughs> dumb manly cavemen. Comedians, we were destroying her in front of the whole crowd. It was funnier than any, anything she was doing on stage. Right. And then, so some other comedian stands up and goes and gets in the face of my buddy Colby, and it's kind of like pushing him and screaming in his face for us to shut up and sit down or leave. And so when I see that happening, uh, simultaneously the guy who books the show sees it happening, and I see it happening. So the, the dude who books the show is running at the scene, and I'm running at the scene, and I punch the dude in the face. That's arguing with Colby, and then the dude who runs the show pushes me back. And then he gets on the phone, of course. He's like, I'm calling the police on you. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I do what anyone would do. I'm like, I'll punch you a couple more times if you call the cops. And I try to punch him while I was on the phone with the cops. And I was like... Yeah, right, and your logic was, yeah. if I'm going to get arrested for assaulting exactly. you, I'm going to make sure I yeah. can squeeze all my assault That's out. It. Listen, I'm telling everyone right now, if you call the cops on me, I'm going to beat you harder. <laughs> Until the, I'm going, it's going to be assault no matter what, you know? So, just, so, just so you remember, Rob you Christensen, very sensitive man. If I get one off on you, just walk away. <laughs> All right. That was a warning. So so we get into this argument, and then, like, some uh, some other girl wants to get involved, some big, fat black girl, and she's coming at me, and she's about to hit me. And I was like, listen, if you touch me, I'm going to knock you out. And she stops dead in her tracks, turns around, walks away. And uh, and, and they're all screaming. And, and the whole time, Colby's trying to close out his tab because, of course, he's got a tab at the bar. He's got <laughs> That's got to be weird. Uh, bartender! Yeah. Bartender! <laughs> 
Yeah, so he's he's signing like he's trying to sign out the tip while I'm like fending off a whole bar, and they're like, and then finally some dude's like, "You guys will never get up in New York again." Kobe <laughs> signs his tab, turns around, he's like, "It's okay, we live in L.A." And at that point, the whole bar erupts. Oh man! It's all New Yorkers who want to kill us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you t- you turn the tide there. You yeah. don't you don't want to say that in a in a bar full of angry New Yorkers. Right. Yeah, so they all start rushing us. <laughs> we we leave, but as I'm leaving, I pick up a bar stool and just chuck it. At the whole crowd, <laughs> hit, hit, the, hit the dude. I just pictured, I just pictured like people with pitchforks and torches <laughs> trying yeah. to run you and Colby out of this open mic. So I hit the dude that I hit in the face. I hit him with the stool in the arm, and also the big fat black girl. She got hit with the stool too because they were running the show. They were in front of the mob that was charging. Okay, they got hit. With so the stool. to be clear, you weren't you weren't aiming the stool at her. No, just chucking a stool. <laughs> you know how it is, guys. When you're out there and and, and like ten people trying to beat you up, you just throw the stool. You're not aiming. You're not aiming. <laughs> right. You're not a malicious man. Just sometimes you got to check a stool. All right. Yeah. I hear you. And so I think it's all done. We, we hop in a cab. Two minutes later, we're at another mic getting on stage. I love New York for that reason. Next day on Facebook, I get, hey, are you the Rob Christensen that punched me in the face last <laughs> night? If you are, I think you deserve I deserve an apology. You better no, you know you must be have mis- me mistaken with some said. other Rob Christensen that punched you in the face. That's what I said. I sent him back that message, but he said, uh, uh, "Unless you come meet up with me, then I'm gonna call the cops on you." And it's like, come on, I know that I've done this to people. If I go meet up with you, you're gonna have your biggest friend there, and then I'm gonna have to beat the hell out of your friend too. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I, I write back, "No, you got the wrong Rob Christensen." He write, writes back. <laughs> Right, See now, me. this is this would have been a good time to ignore the message. Yeah, no, no, I'm not that, I'm not that smart. Okay, so you're there, you get the message. Yeah. <laughs> I love how I love how you get two messages. You probably it's right about the same time. Do you want to confirm this this yeah. relationship with this girl? No, never. <laughs> Are you the Rob Christensen who punched me in the face on a comedy show? No. Is, that, is my life great or terrible at that moment? <laughs> I can't decide. At least I got stuff going on, right? Right. You got a lot of pending commitments. But anyway, he, he hits me back, and he's like, yeah, I checked all your pictures. You're definitely the Rob Christensen <laughs> that punched me in the face. I Meanwhile, you're yeah. just like, oh, my oh, God, why geez. did I not send all these photos to private? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I did that now, so now I don't have a lot of photos up. But uh, the funniest part of it all is that he's, he's threatening to call the cops on me, right, and get me for assault, which he could. He said he had witnesses and that people were willing to testify. So I could have got, got locked up a little bit for it. But the whole reason I went to New York is because I went to go see my brother graduate from uh, the police academy. Oh. So now I got a new – my brother's got this sweet little job. He's a detective now. And, and so at dinner the next night, I'm staying at my brother's house. And I'm like, hey, bro, you know what would be funny? It'd be real funny if you put my name in a computer, see if there's any warrants, some old, see what's in there for me. It'd be fun. It'd be funny, right? You can see stuff I got arrested for back. Yeah, put my name in a computer. And he texted me the next day. He's like, no, there's nothing going on. You're, you, there's no warrants. There's nothing. Manhattan, you're clean in Manhattan. I could check Brooklyn. I was like, no, 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 no. That's fine. Just leave it. So now, now your brother, he's he's a uh, he's a police officer. Yeah, I can't talk too much about it though. Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to. Yeah. You don't want to throw I your. I can't uh... say any more than that, really. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's he's like law and order SVU G status. You know All what right. I'm saying? He's working undercover. Now this isn't your only only rage filled incident that I wanted to talk about. You also <laughs> had a run in here. Yeah. Recently. Now you uh, told this story on stage. I thought it was pretty funny. Some yeah. people seem to be They get a little Some people seem to be scared of you. I don't know. Maybe I just know guys like you and I'm and I yeah. get it. Yeah. I'm a nice guy. Right. I no, mean, I know. Society is society puts the labels on me. And let me just say right now is that because <laughs> Because I'm white and I'm straight, every time I throw a punch, it's a potential hate crime. All right? That's exactly. a tough thing to live with. I can't hit anybody. You know what I'm saying? Only other white guys. Yep. That's it. So anyway, I'm trying to cross the street. All right? I'm walking across Pacific and Venice Beach. Some dude comes flying out of the alley in a truck, hits me, right? He does one of those graze things. He's going maybe 10 miles an hour, so I kind of like roll off his car. He's, he's going to keep going, so I do what anybody would do. I start kicking the shit out of the back of his car. Like, you hit me with your car. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he stops, pulls over, gets out of his car to fight me. Now this guy hit me with his car, <laughs> and then pulled over to fight me. I love that. I love that audacity. Now did he say, "Hey, I'm gonna fight you for kicking my car. I'm gonna fight you for getting in my way." Did he no. say anything, no. or he just came out? Did he? Did he? What did he, he do? He jumped out. He didn't like right off. It was all body language because I had like my laptop and work money and like petty cash in my in my backpack. So I had to take that off, put it under another car that was parked, and I put my hands up and I was like, "All right, listen now." You, you you have the potential to get beat up and go to jail for hitting me with your car, you know? 
And he responds. The first words out of his <laughs> I love mouth, how every time you're, there's an altercation with the other person, you're always you yes, always I keep a cool cool level head. Yeah, about you it. always have this back of your head legal mind operating. <laughs> like, okay, what else can I get away with? What should what should I throw out to them? Yeah. What legalese should I make them aware I got, of? I got a lot of cops in my family and a lot of criminals in my family, so I've, I found out a lot of stuff. But anyway, the first words out of this dude's mouth are, "Boy, I'll slap the shit out of you." <laughs> And this is like a six foot four skinny black dude, so it was like automatically I'm just like a chump white boy, which is fine. I if I saw myself on the street, I would think I was a chump white boy. And when he said that though, I kind of started laughing because in my mind I'm thinking like I want to bite your face off, I want to curb stomp you, I want to kill you, I want to steal your car, I want to take your money. And he's like, boy, I'll slap the shit out of you. You want to slap me? Is that it? All right, man. Obviously this is way out of your league, bro. I got a lot of issues I need to work out, and you you don't want to be the guy that I'm gonna work them out on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I spent 10 years you of my life be- playing baseball to get my dad's attention. You don't want to be the guy who pays for that, all right? <laughs> you were never at a Little League game. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're holding on to a little little baggage. I got there. a little baggage. All right. Well, that's okay. Now, of course, we know Logan is not here. Logan decided to flake out on the show. He decided yeah. to go, and he's actually going to a concert. I, I guess he thinks he's... I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really sure what Logan's thinking. But as punishment, I will uh, – well, I don't know who I'm really punishing. Maybe the audience. Maybe <laughs> Logan. But here's Logan uh, doing karaoke the other night. Okay. <laughs> I love how – see, I'm even laughing at the same point where I was laughing recording it. I just love listen to how he just like drops his voice a little bit here. Oh, well, that's that's Logan cutting loose on the karaoke. That's his punishment for not only is he not in the show today, he's flaking out, but he doesn't even follow me on Twitter. Logan, Logan, every day he, or every week of the show, we read the thing, hey, follow us on Twitter. Meanwhile, I'm looking across, the, the, Logan's not even following me on Twitter. I would be offended, but I think Logan's only following about 19 guys on Twitter, so it's I'm not really that upset about it. I can't get that mad at Logan. I'm not one of the chosen 19. I'm following him. He's not following back. <laughs> no, he's not. He doesn't follow back. All right. Well, Rob, I'd like to welcome on the uh, very special guest. I'd like to welcome on Hassan Minaj. Hey, yeah. uh, Hassan, welcome thanks for coming show, on the show, man. man. Oh, what's up? Thanks for having me. No problem, dude. Um, so let's get into it. Hassan, you're a, obviously a stand-up comedian. Where were you yes. born? Where'd you grow up? <laughs> I was born in uh, Sacramento, California. Okay, Sacktown. Yeah. And did you uh, did you grow up there? I grew up in Sac, and then, uh, yeah, grew up there, went to college up there, and uh, started comedy in San Francisco. Okay, now about uh, about what age did you get into stand-up comedy? Got into stand-up uh, when I was 18. 18? Right, yeah, right after uh, right after those awkward high school years. Just said. Uh, now, was was high school really awkward for you? Uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, it was pretty It was pretty terrible. Uh, it was, you know, they have that old saying, the only thing worse than hatred is indifference. Right. Yeah, that was. So the worst. it wasn't like anyone actively giving you wedgies. It was just they didn't even know you were there to oh, give no, you a wedgie. No, no, no. I have a couple really. Oh, can we curse on? No, yeah, sure. Yeah, curse. yeah. All right. <clears throat> so the indifference thing is just was, try to try to relax on the N word. I know. Yeah, I know yeah. that's part of your act. Yeah. I do. I do oh, a thing where I. Me there. Yeah, yeah, I say the N word seventeen <laughs> times in a row. You know what I mean? Sean, yeah. I specifically. Okay. God damn. That's it. that's in your rider. I apologize. Um. Yeah. So what happened was I was sitting at high school graduation and there was just like really attractive girl sitting next to me. She was one of the more attractive uh, girls that went to our high school and she's like, Oh my God, can you believe we're seniors and it's all over? When did you When did you get to our school? And I was like, Brittany, we have known each other since kindergarten. So, uh, what the f are you talking about? I, I dropped the F there. Uh, That's cool, man. Um, there was this other policy. I, and I, don't, I don't know. Sean, you seem like a guy that would have stories like this. Sure. Or know of stories like this. Uh, there used to be Titty Twister Tuesdays in the yep. gym. And uh, what this guy would do is uh, there was this guy uh, who I believe is now in jail. Um, but he would, um, line, <laughs> he would line up all the freshmen who okay. were getting ready for PE in rows like a la – Freaking Abu Ghraib or Auschwitz. <laughs> yeah. In rows. No, no hyperbole. Literally yeah, Auschwitz. Literally like. like that. No dignity. Shirtless. Standing in a row. Or like these prepubescent 14-year-olds. And he would just go down and have his way. <laughs> and 
and I, uh, it was pretty terrible. I, actually, I have a surprisingly, I do have a very similar story. I that, knew it. I knew you would. You it was like eighth grade. Uh-huh. I, mo- I moved around a lot as a kid. I, I, I don't. This isn't going to be a total therapy session, but I moved around a lot as a kid. And eighth grade, I finally ended up in this public middle school. I knew no one. I, once again, I was kind of the new kid in the school, and I would get picked on inevitably. And I remember outside of music class, every day this guy would just wait there to give me a titty twister every day. And to the uh-huh. point, the the most painful one, the one where I actually got bruises from titty twisters was yeah, yeah. I walked outside. He grabbed me. He picked me up only use, Jesus. only via the titty twisters. And it was huge black and blue marks. And I hated him for a very long time. And then... I'm not saying it's karma. I'm not saying it's karma, but he did die of an ecstasy overdose when right. early yeah. on after high school ended. <laughs> yeah, that's the even karma. He grabs your nipples and he's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for yeah. an ecstasy overdose. Yeah, that's, that seems to be the right uh, exchange rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they say, what, hey. it's five times when it comes back or something? Right, right. God works in mysterious ways. So, okay, you're eighth... You're, or, you were, uh, you were picked freshman. on in high school. Yeah, a little. Not I. I wasn't picked. I was a witness to it. Probably the worst thing I think that I had to deal with was humiliation. That was the worst. I uh, was a big big hoops fan uh, as a kid, and um, I got these. Uh, I was a big uh, sneaker guy, and uh, I got the. I saved up all my money. I used to work at like Del Taco and stuff, and I saved okay. up my money, and I, I got these Jordans, and uh, I I wanted to wear them to my uh, basketball tryouts, but they were just too fresh to wear, so I kept them in the locker. And uh, there was this guy who was uh, who played varsity who noticed me put them in my locker, and then after uh, tryouts or whatever, I put them back on my feet. I put the Jordans back on my feet, and we're all waiting in the parking lot for our parents to pick us up. And uh, they felt a little soggy, but uh, I was assuming that was sweat. Oh, you know what I mean? Human sweat. Right. And uh, he's like, hey, dude, where'd you get those Jordans? And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, Brad Gordon is talking to me. And... <laughs> You sound like a cheerleader. Oh, oh my God, oh my Brad God. Gordon's he's talking. talking. He's acknowledging my existence. It's time to uh, engage. And I was like, oh, dude, I got him at Foot Locker. And he just cuts me off. And he's like, I thought you got him from the urinal. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, I peed in your shoes. Oh, and man. just like 40 guys just all laugh. Eighth, ninth, and tenth graders just all just like start cracking up. And uh, then as just without a beat, just beep, beep, my dad pulls up in our 91 <laughs> Nissan Stanza. <laughs> And picks me up, and uh, he's just like, "Hop on in, hey Brad." And I never <laughs> he's, felt... he's friends with Brad too. He's he like, knew, "Brad, he knew, you didn't tell him about, very, it, did uh, you?" Yeah, he was very well known in the community. He was a very good, talented athlete, and uh, I never felt more like an immigrant than in that moment because he was you, so oblivious to what was going on. You felt like the ultimate outsider. Then? I just felt like such an outsider. Just oh now, my god. Now your dad, where did he did he grow up in America as well? My or? dad grew up in uh, a small town in India called Aligarh, India. So he's uh, he's a the American Dream. He came over here and uh, studied and was a chemist. That's awesome. Now, uh, how old was he when he came over? He was 30 when he came over. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so he had you shortly after. He had me a couple years after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys, you guys have a big family. Uh, no, it's just me and my sister. Oh, okay. No, I, I don't know if that, that's the average. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Zero population. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, were you were you a funny guy in high school? Or were you a funny guy in college? Not at all. Not at all. When, I, did, you, uh, when did you get the bug to start performing? I don't know, man. I think what what happened was is that uh, my parents were very strict with me growing up, so we didn't have cable television. And uh, I had never seen stand-up before. So I was my freshman year of college, I go over to my friend's house to pick him up. And uh, coincidentally, he was having sex with a girl in the other room. And uh, he's just like, hey, man, will you just hang out in the living room with my friend? He's like, he's a square, but just hang out with him. And he was watching uh, like a Chris Rock special, Never Scared. And uh, I was like, what is this? And I kind of knew of stand-up. I knew it existed, Seinfeld, the show. There's always those interstitials of Jerry doing stand-up in it. But I had never seen other stand-up, so I watched. I was like, "Oh, this is the, this is incredible!" And uh, I googled how to do stand-up, and um, <laughs> I was like, "What should I do?" And I Google it, and it's like, "Call your local comedy club." So I called the Sacramento Punchline. This is in like the the spring of 2004, and I was like, "Hi, uh, my name's Hassan. Uh, I'm a comedian, and uh, I'd like to open for Dave Chappelle this weekend if you guys have availability." And uh, they were like, they thought it was a joke. <laughs> Like they were like, what? They thought they were getting prank called. I had no idea who anyone. It was, and I, th- I thought that was kind of a, a cool way to start because everything was just like so amazing to me and so incredible. Be like, oh my, this is Richard Pryor, right? Oh, this is Bill Cosby. Like I was just like blown away. Like, like yeah, you weren't you weren't a super fan to no, begin with. So no, you kind of... all I all I was into was just like hip hop and basketball and sports and just like NFL, just like 
I just like sports, and you know, I was just a you know regular sort of like a uh, kid. Okay, so then you start doing uh, stand up in San Francisco, yeah. And then when when did you come down to LA? I came moved down to LA about two years ago. Okay. Yeah, I got it like this uh, stand up for diversity thing. So I was like, yeah, yeah I saw I that. What, what did that actually entail? It was like uh, you come down and you do this uh, you do the showcase for the network, and uh, it's like they put up like eight comics from across the country, and then out of that they give someone a development deal, and they give. Uh, someone a touring contract and so i got the touring deal or nice so did you, do, you play a lot of colleges i did a bunch of colleges yeah I did a how bunch. was that you meet a lot of chicks terrible it was awful it was <laughs> really absolutely terrible because here's the thing i sean you know this and i don't know if the listeners um i'm not remotely famous in comparison to many people that sell out clubs and theaters sure so the the at the arena in which i was doing stand-up was like <clears throat> laugh at lunch like performing in a cafeteria. <laughs> yeah, as the coffee get, lounge or yeah, whatever. Yeah, as kids are getting tater tots. And there's nothing worse than doing comedy at people. That's right. Like, it's the worst feeling because they're, like, studying and you're just encroaching them. Well, that's the thing. If, if you never if you never produce a stand-up uh, a show or you don't know anything about stand-up, you, your idea is like, hey, we got a microphone. What more do you want? There are people exactly. around. If exactly. you're funny, you'll make them laugh. No, you don't understand. You got to. You need kind of an intimate environment. You need a, a, a light on the person. You need good acoustics. There are very specific things. People treat stand-ups the same way they treat someone who's, who's dancing. I'm, I'm about to show you a really picture sure. of the worst show ever. Um, they like almost like we're dancers. Just like, oh, go. Be funny yeah, you now. can. You can do it. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't mean you don't need any kind of setup. Just say, just get out there and do it. It doesn't work like so, that at all. But uh, do you mean? any chicks any any hot college broads and yeah but what happened was is i was working with another comedian who shall remain nameless and uh he we we go out with these girls and uh they're like oh, hey like go like get us liquor or whatever like, okay. uh, <laughs> that's always a good pick and already hey, we're, feeling liquor. we're already feeling creepy like i'm in a rental car in indiana <laughs> And I'm like scoring liquor with, for yeah, these chicks, with and you're another, like, wait, are they just using me for the schnapps? Or do they really like my stand-up comedy? Yeah. So uh, we do that, uh, and we pick we pick up the liquor, or whatever. Um, I don't drink, but uh, my, like you know, I have a lot of comedic friends that do. And, sure. Uh, so we have uh, we have a, like a fun night. We all hang out, and uh, then coincidentally, like I I, I was t- kind of taking the bullet for my friend. Uh, he was with the attractive, more attractive female, and I was with her. A uh, friend with a good personality, and uh, it <laughs> like was a, couch so nothing, nothing ended up happening on my end. But they end up, you know, doing the damn thing. I get a call from both of our mutual college agent the next day. Apparently, she was on the board that booked us. Oh, jeez. She, her roommate said she was missing. Called the advisor. <laughs> Long story short, it ended up, they ended up finding out that she did sleep with one of the comedians, and. Uh, he got in pretty big trouble because she was 17, so uh, <laughs> that's a problem. So, so there's no pen. Yeah. We could be looking at some sort of charges here. So, yeah, uh, I, I have no idea what's happened with him since. But uh, we talk about you know com- being com- comedy being done in just random areas. I did a show in uh, Delaware where they basically – it was like uh, their last day of school. So they, they set up a mic and a stage in the middle of the quad <laughs> as people were walking to class, and they just said, go. And I go um, – Usually I do this like whenever I'm in a new area. I go, hey, can I just maybe like have an opener? Like I can just like use Facebook and find like a local yeah guy. local guy. Yeah, to throw, throw throw a little meat to the wolves. Let yeah. them let him break the ice. Exactly. Yeah, hey man, do you want to do like thir- 20? You know, like go to 20. Yeah, and it's probably good because there's probably some kid out there who's like, oh, it's my it's my dream to do stand up comedy. I'll invite all my buddies. Sure. And you're like, all right, that's good. Sure. And then I, being a real comedian, can follow you and I'll look really good. Exactly. And also like you will have I, I will be able to assess what's going on. So they set up this state uh, they go we, don't worry we have an opener for you so i get there i go great cool you guys are on top of it you're doing your job uh it starts off this is uh my opening crowd right here so we have a we have a hot four yeah. uh there um and if you keep uh, sliding across and the worst part is, is there's more than crowd there. there's a yeah. there's a huge canopy there's like a huge stage and then there's just keep four going, people keep going and then you'll see my opening act if you slide over a few magicians <laughs> So that was my opening act, Sean. Oh you man, go you got to you got to email me this uh, okay. the picture for the website. My opening act was the University of Delaware's mascot. Nice. Uh, so basically, uh, their notion of comedy is I'm essentially a, a clown. 
Like I'm no right. better than a clown and or mascot. The, ma- well- the mascot killed, didn't he? He was great. He did pretty, really well. <laughs> because you know what? He could and then we we did a little duo, we did right. a little tag team action. <laughs> and uh, who's gonna who's gonna boo a mascot? Yeah, and I at mean the, yeah. and at this point I'm just reading jokes. I'm just like, you know what? Like Yeah, you're not gonna do an act. There's no point. Oh, you wanna hear what my take is on abortion? You don't. <laughs> Now we were talking about uh, earlier. There, you're talking about controversial hookups. Your your buddy there on sure. the road, stand up comedy. You sent me this link. I don't know how I, this is not getting more more press coverage. I, maybe I just missed it. I, I mean, I do follow the NBA and stuff like that. But right. Jason, or uh, I'm sorry, Steve Nash, yeah, broke up with his wife one day after she had a kid. Yeah. Explain what happened, Hassan. This is a so, hilarious story. <laughs> well, I mean, not not hilarious for Steve Nash, but um, well, this is what happens. Uh, Steve Nash, point guard for the Phoenix Suns, uh, recently uh, divorced his uh, wife a day after the birth of their baby, uh, and a lot of people you guys are probably asking why uh, the baby was black <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> The father of Steve the child. Nash being white. Yeah, obviously. Steve Nash being white. That's important to know for the premise. You're like, what's wrong with it being black, Hassan? What's wrong with black? There is nothing wrong if both parents are black. Is or, this the yeah. part where you're gonna say N word? Oh, this, was, this was the yeah. setup for the N word 17 times in a row. Uh, no, and so it turns out that it was his teammate Jason Richardson. So, uh, uh, and then the, the what's so great at the end of the article was just like, good news is Jason Richardson's traded, which it's like, oh, good, he's traded, so their on-court chemistry isn't affected, but his heart and his marriage, who right. gives yeah. a fuck? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that that's insane, and it also. It's got to be as sad and as crazy as it's got to be. It, part of it has to be vindicating for for Steve Nash because I feel like everyone's had that girl where you know she's cheating on you. You yeah. don't have any evidence, and you're like, but I know you're cheating on me. I just know it. Sean, and, have you been cheating on? Yeah, I have. You, but, because <laughs> you're, you're speaking from. And I know, I know there's something there, but I don't have any evidence. It's just a, it's a feeling, and of course, it, it was proved with substantial evidence. But basically, <laughs> you, oh my God. you can't get her to admit to it. Uh-huh. But now, once the black baby comes out, case closed. Oh wow. Yeah. And Dude, imagine, imagine. I don't know. It, it didn't say in the article uh-huh. whether Steve Nash was at the hospital. Yeah. But that's got. You really gotta be. That's. It's oh, gotta be bizarre. Man. Like you're. You're. Imagine if you went in there with her. You're. You went through Lamaze class. You're holding yeah. her hand there. Yeah, you got yeah. the scrubs on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it oh, comes man. out and you're looking to. Do you. Do you still cut the cord? Where. Where do. When do you yeah. run out? Yeah. And do the, you try to. And the problem shock? is. And the problem is as you, he's holding it, he's no matter what he's gonna look racist. <laughs> Just, <laughs> what the fuck? Just him. Just why? <laughs> why this? And and his wife was white, so it's just like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. angry at this mixed race baby. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Steve, what, what's wrong? Oh my this God. is supposed it's, to be. It's a good thing he's got this human that'll always be around to remind him of this painful experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure he's just like, hey, uh, hey, wife, go <laughs> have fun in Orlando with Jason Richardson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ride out my career. Tough, tough year for uh, Steve Nash. Tough year. Uh, Amari Stoudemire gets traded, and his wife gets knocked up by a teammate who also gets traded. This so, is a consistent theme, though, man. Like uh, with the Tony Parker thing, right? Oh, guys, w- guys fucking their white teammates' wives. Because Tony Parker had sex with uh, who was it? Uh, um, uh, what, what's his name? No, uh, I, I know the story. Brent Barry. Brent, Brent Barry. Yeah, Brent Barry's wa- uh, wife. Yes. And Crazy. that's it, it. Does seem. I, I understand. I've been horny before. I understand. But you, you're a professional athlete. You, I, I I think it's just if if that gift's been given to you, you just don't have the same appreciation that we do. We idolize these guys and see them as oh my god, they're so awesome. They're gods. Yeah. And then meanwhile, they just they, they just take it for granted. Are you like, are you star? Do would you get do you get starstruck by any athletes? By any athletes? Yeah. If you saw, do you get are you or in general? Are you starstruck by athletes? I think so. I think more so. I mean, when I first got out to L.A., I think I was starstruck by celebrities. But now uh-huh. I think I think athletes more so just because, uh, you know, just watching them, like watching LeBron James play against the Clippers a few years ago. I saw the Cavs play the Clippers, and that was amazing. Right, seeing right. him dunk, seeing him just control the yeah, whole court, yeah, yeah, yeah. seeing how fast he can go up and down. Yeah, it, it is kind of like, oh, my God, we're, we're related in species. Like he just his skill set <laughs> seems so, uh, you know, ultra human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think that's I think that's where I get starstruck. More but if than you saw him at McDonald's, like if you saw him walk into a McDonald's, <laughs> uh, would you be more fascinated by like that's LeBron James? We got to follow him out. I got to get a picture and autograph. Or is it more just like what the is LeBron James doing at McDonald's? Yeah, I don't know. I I guess I would be yeah, I would probably be more on the other side of what is LeBron James doing at McDonald's? I. Uh, the reason why I ask this question is I've been through this phase where I, I used to obsess. Like, I was just obsessed, obsessive sort of basketball hoops fan. And uh, I, I broke this about three years ago when um, I saw Michael Jordan. And it, it, as a rule of thumb, you never want to meet your heroes. Just, right. You right. never, yeah. never want to meet them. Um, because I, they, they're already your hero. It can't yeah. go better. It, it, can it only cannot. It cannot. It go way, way worse. And uh, I, he was walking out from a casino to his car, <laughs> and he had his uh, – uh, he had a bodyguard with him, and I was just like, uh, I run. I didn't know what to do. I saw him, so I just started running towards him. And it's I was an just like, Yeah, I was just like, Mike. And the bodyguard, he was just like, Get him away from me. He said that and just shoved me and knocked me on my ass. Oh, and he just man. walked into his. Uh, he walked into. He got into his Bentley with his mistress. <laughs> And drove off as he cheated with Juanita, you know, with, on his wife. So I love, I love how everyone brings up Michael Jordan. It was, as it turns out, is a colossal dickhead. They huge bring sleaze, up, huge like, sleaze, by the way. Yeah. They're like, they always bring up, hey, Michael Jordan didn't tip anyone, as if that was like, oh yeah, that yeah. was the secret to success, not tipping. Yeah. Like he was so hungry for his money, just like he was hungry to score. No, he was just an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you don't, if you don't tip a maitre d and you're making fifty yeah, 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 million dollars yeah, yeah. a year, that's you're not like thinking outside of the box. Like, oh yeah, this. This is, the, yeah. this is the key to success, yeah. being a raging dickhead the entire time. Yeah. No, you're just not a good yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. He was so focused, he wouldn't say hi to anyone. No, he's just a dick. <laughs> he's just a mean person. <laughs> he, he, he pushed his teammates so hard, sometimes he punched him in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, it probably yeah. wasn't necessary. Yeah, why do you got to pick on Steve Kerr? Why, <laughs> yeah. why Steve Kerr? Steve yeah. Kerr would have hit yeah. those threes regardless. Yeah, you couldn't go after Rodman. He slapped Steve <laughs> Kerr. Why? No, you don't want to slap Rodman. Yeah. yeah. Or Horace Grant. Who's next? Yeah. Bill Wennington? Yeah. <laughs> Luke Long. It's going to go after all the uh, old school bullshitters. I know, man. All right. Well, speaking of super famous people, Charlie Sheen went out on tour, and needless to say, things got off to a rocky start. Fans turn on Charlie Sheen, booing him off the stage last night in Detroit. He- well, first off, you go there. The, the guy is... He's a sitcom actor. What what did you yeah, expect yeah, yeah. going to the Charlie Sheen show? Yeah. That would be. Did you expect he would be smoking giant giant things of crack out on stage? Yeah. He, people became quote unquote fans of him because he was insane and crazy, and now they're they're all fired up. Like, what do you, did you expect? He was gonna come out there and have a threesome with these two people and yeah. smoke crack? If you really try to be a performer, you got to be a little happy about this. It's like not even Charlie Sheen could just walk on stage. <laughs> right, and exactly. Yeah, it takes some skill. But are they? You think? Do you think the people that are coming there are they there to see him succeed, or are they see there to see him fucking eat it? Like he's the social version of the Elephant Man. He's a freak show. Like, yeah. You, are they there to be like, oh, I want to hear this guy spit the truth, or like? I want to see what this idiot has to say. I think, I think, well, well, I mean, I think obviously there's some contingent that is like, oh man, I, I kind of want to see, I want to be there for the train wreck. I want to see this as kind of the reality show as it unfolds. But I think a lot of people were kind of invigorated by his whole, yeah, just tell everyone to go F themselves and I'm going to do whatever I want and I'm yeah. just going to do drugs and I'm going to walk away from $2 million because I just got more money coming my way. I think people kind of resonate when he told his boss bosses off at CBS, I think there's a lot of people in Detroit who are like, yeah, that's my attitude, and I, I don't know what they were expecting. Opened his nationwide tour with a rant about being kicked off two and a half men. Sheen then offered to take questions from the crowd, but <laughs> early on, never. just asking questions. Never take questions. Please, uh, angry people of Detroit. Decided oh. the questions were just too lame to answer. <laughs> that's when the booing started. They grew louder after Sheen taunted the crowd with, "I've already got your bleeping money," and then oh insulted God. the city oh, with, wow. "I figured Detroit was a good place to tell crack stories." <laughs> oh man, that's a good. There's joke, nothing yeah. better than li- watch watching a newscaster say it in that newscaster voice. <laughs> yes. And then proceeded to tell the audience to fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But without saying to go bleep themselves. Yeah, yeah, Back yeah, yeah. to you, Troy, with the weather. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man! And Detroit, Detroit as a city cannot catch a break. You got the Lions. You got the financial ruin of the Auto Giants. 
you got a, an epic housing collapse, and then first up, <laughs> then yeah. the first stop on Charlie Sheen's tour. Even an Eminem Super Bowl commercial can save the city. You know nope. what I mean? It's really sad. <laughs> that was, yeah. it's if, really if, sad. if Eminem can't do it, no one can. I know. We, I was um, Rob just started a uh, action movie podcast, right, yeah. Rob? Yeah. And Find me on Twitter at the Action Guys. At the Action Guys, Sweet. just started it, and he had me uh, call on. They were talking about the movie RoboCop and the city of Detroit. They decided it was a good idea. I don't know if you heard about this, Hassan, to build a RoboCop statue. They're built in in Detroit. Yep. They they set out a goal. They put out a thing online. We need fifty thousand dollars raised to make a RoboCop statue. Not only did they hit that fifty thousand mark, they exceeded it by seventeen thousand dollars. Of course. So that means, How that badass means is that? The, the, someone in Detroit raised sixty-seven thousand dollars to build a RoboCop statue. That's what like three four-bedroom houses go for in Detroit Basically, right now. Sixty-seven thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, half a million gets you the whole stadium. So <laughs> right. if anyone wants yeah, what, they a twenty-thousand-seat house yeah. summer home right on the yeah lake. it's right there i mean why get a spot in sherman oaks when you can get an entire stadium yep. that would be when i saw that out there i i was bored i was at work that they were selling the silver dome and you know i got out the mortgage calculator and not not that i have anything to put a down payment on but just you know just started getting some ideas like yeah. what about a comedy club in a stadium yeah man i'll just invite people over and we'll just Drink beers and hang out right, and then right. watch football. And it's like, wait, that's what the stadium was built for in the why first haven't, place. Why haven't just homeless people just broken into it and just <laughs> overtaken it and yeah. just ran it? Like I know. It, it, as soon, yeah, I mean, it seemed to work in Hurricane Tr- Katrina. You just yeah. take over a domed stadium. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's uh, As far as I know, that would be a great place to go if you're a bum. I would imagine you can't secure that whole stadium, especially yeah. if they were selling it. You'd be able to find a way in. You'd be able to get at it somehow. I agree. Kirk Fox, poor guy. He opened. He opened that show. Oh, really? Kirk yeah. Fox, stand-up comedian. That's got booed. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. obviously, you're going to get booed. If anything walks out that's not either Brie Olsen, one of the uh, porno or, chicks that's Charlie Sheen's with, or, or Charlie Sheen himself, you're yeah. going to get booed. Yeah. And then I guess he went to Chicago for the next show, and the Chicago show started off great because all they started chanting was, Detroit sucks! Detroit sucks! So, so it wasn't they, even about the show. It was just like, hey, let's just shit on... Let's Detroit. just get yeah, angry any at Detroit. Any chance you can shit on Detroit, so it's a good move. <laughs> right. He, 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 you know, he's up there in a Detroit Lions, or no, a Detroit Tigers jersey. I don't know. He's he's a, it, yeah, you would say, like, oh, my God, this is really going to hurt his career. But I, I think he's gotten to the point where he can't do anything enough to mess it up, and people are just going to sit uh, back and enjoy question, it. question, who's excited for Major League 3 at this point? Who isn't? I'm excited for Major League. 3. Major League Three is going to be great. I are was they, thinking are about they this. Starting, are they starting production on it? I don't know. It's like the, it's Charlie true. Sheen started the rumor when he did his <laughs> oh. crazy rants. Okay. But then you look on IMDb, it's in development with the same writer of Major League One, oh, the original man. Major League. So it's like, come on, I'm ready for this. Sweet. Come and on, baby, Vaughn. If Danny McBride. If he's looking for Eastbound and Down season three, Charlie Sheen. Sheen are you kidding oh. me? God, that would be he is I Amazing. feel like this is Eastbound and Down season three, Charlie yeah, yeah, Sheen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. couldn't you see Danny McBride's character? All they should do right now for basically Eastbound and Down season three has already been wrote. All they gotta do <laughs> is just go to Charlie Sheen's Twitter feed and just erase yeah. Charlie Sheen's name and write in Danny McBride's That's character for their it. It's and uh, yeah. Which also, shout out to Charlie Sheen for having a more ridiculous Twitter feed than not Charlie Sheen. <laughs> yes, like, that was a great point. Like normally, funny. not Gary Busey's the more funny one. Yeah. <laughs> How good is not Charlie Sheen's Twitter feed? Is it pretty ridiculous? I've seen, I've seen. I don't think it was called not Charlie Sheen. It was like Charlie Sheen two. And then you read it, and it's like, uh, this is. It's it's a l- like one degree more outrageous, but it seems cheesy. It th- what seems so awesome about Charlie Sheen is h- how genuine it is, and yeah. I think really we're gonna we're gonna notice this is gonna be in our media history. This Charlie Sheen thing is gonna matter because I- I've never witnessed something that has had so much pop culture penetration. And the fact that I, when I go and get a cup of coffee. The, the barista behind the counter goes, hey, you want some Sumatra blend? I call it Tiger's Blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Check this out. Yeah, you know what they say. Uh, whatever whatever uh, doesn't kill you makes you more Charlie Sheen, huh? Like, th- this guy is making a... He you is could, now a pop culture... He's a verb. He is a... Oh, you could walk Charlie in Sheen, anywhere yeah. and yell Charlie Sheen and people would know what you're referring to. I, I can't 
remember, I mean, even Michael Jackson at the height of his popularity, if you went somewhere and just yelled Michael Jackson, it's not like immediately people would know what you're talking about. You they would know assume, that someone's touching a kid. Sure, right. There's touching the kid. There's his music. There's <laughs> touching a kid. He's, he's had a few different things going on. Right, right. Man. But, uh, yeah. Speaking of guys whose career are uh, on the up and up, Nick Cannon. I, I don't know... <laughs> I mean, I don't know who's... Are you talking about the host of America's Got Talent, Nick Cannon? The host of America's Got Talent. Thank you. The host of... uh, Hilarious stand-up comedian, Nick Cannon. He's a... he's Yeah, he's an improv comedy guy. He's a TV star. He's a film star. But first off, you have to have a hit for you to be considered a star in any of these things. I, I don't mean to... I don't mean to pull the rug out from Nick Cannon. And secondly, he got this... He got the... Basically, the number one radio job in New York... Off before before he ever did radio or had a radio show, and what I, job is this? What, 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 what he's is he hosts a morning show on a flagship uh, a pop station out in New York, which okay. is New York number one terrestrial radio market. Yeah, yeah. So he does that, and I don't know. I guess it's going well to the point that now he's got another radio show. They just threw on another radio show for him. It's now he's going to be doing a coast to coast countdown show okay. like Casey Kasem. Okay. He, he deserves it. And he does deserve it. <laughs> I pulled, can't catch a break. I, and I, I gave him a lot of I gave him a lot of crap when his morning show first came on. Maybe I was too quick to judge. Maybe he's turned it around. Here's Nick Cannon. He's got an exclusive. He's got an exclusive. He's got a hard hitting interview with with his good buddy and pal Chris Brown. So take a listen. See if you think Nick Cannon deserves another radio show. New York's new 92.3 now rolling with Nick Cannon, and we have a very Special guest in the building with us today, Nikki. I'm really excited. I wore a dress today just for him. God, how how? <laughs> that's a DJ premiere beat on the background, so that's dope. That's, yeah. That's, All right. That's what I was. Okay. By. So, but I I do like the girl. I wore a dress for Chris Brown. I want to impress him. It's like so he wants to punch me in the face. Ah, I'm such a fan. How does how does Cisco feel about uh, Chris Brown's haircut? <laughs> oh, they get they get into the blonde hair. Don't worry. That's that's that's, that's the question everyone wants to know. Okay. What yeah. happened to his hair? He dyed it. Right, right, right. Oh wait, what about you uh, knocking out Rihanna and throwing a chair through a glass window at Good Morning America? Oh, we, I don't I don't know if he, I don't know if he's gonna get to that in this interview. I guess. All right. Uh, he has an <laughs> album coming out tomorrow. F A M E, the one and only Chris Brown. What's, what's up? Deal? What's up, man? What's going on, my dude? I'm good. How's everything? Man, you know, it's all love. We just here having a good time. I got to say, man, when did you become this rock star? Man, I, I met you. You was 15. You yeah. had no tattoos. Yeah. You was cheesing. And then all of us like, now you tatted up. This, this isn't even a question. It's just like, hey, man, yeah, you, yeah. look at you. When did you become a villain? I, like, I knew you when you had no criminal charges. <laughs> And I, now, I, knew, I knew you when you were just a poser, yeah. when you were just talking about beating up women. But yeah. now you're yeah. doing it. Way now you're the real thing. Way to smash up dressing rooms like a real rock star. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. Like he he's not even really asking a question. Sean, they all can't be you. You know what I mean? They can't just get into the hard hitting topics off the bat. Well, I all right. Obviously I'm not I'm not the greatest broadcaster of all time. Maybe somewhere in the middle, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the disparity of what this man gets paid for what he produces. This is true. <laughs> I, I don't even like we ain't gotta go into detail, yeah. but it's like every day it's a new We don't gotta go into details. It's a talk radio segment. That's why you yeah, get into details. Get into the details. You have him there. This is Chris Brown. This is the biggest interview you're going to get in your goddamn life. Ask him some <laughs> questions. Yeah, let's get your... your f- <laughs> A lot of filler Your laughter. frumpy, gigantic-ass wife on and not talk about anything. New Chris Brown story about I know. Chris I guess Wilde something, doing something. something. Man, you know, I'm yeah, trying, I'm know. trying to uh, be on the straight and narrow. The rock star, like, oh, I'm, I'm blonde. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can you kick yeah. off that hat for a second? I want yeah, to see the hair. It's, it's rough I this love morning, it. though. <laughs> she really loves it. I love it. I said uh, I love your hair blonde. Uh, you know thank you. Thank and first off, if you listen to that timing, there was no way he had time to actually take the hat off. The girl was so excited. I love it. I love it. Been conversation all over the place, yeah. like you know, there's the jokes, the Chris. Yeah, yeah, jokes yeah hey, I was laughing though. Gold Dust was the funny. Yeah, he, he seems to have a great sense of humor about himself. Mm-hmm. You know, so much so that when a person asks a simple question on Good Morning America, one that you've been pertinent in the news for months on end, he seems to just chuckle and laugh it off. No, you, he doesn't have a great sense of humor about himself. 
and everybody has an opinion. And yeah, I was yeah. Like, you know, back I dyed my hair back in the in yeah. '96. I had yeah. red hair. Yeah, yeah. Everybody so had the color. Everybody did it, but Nikki really, she's like, he's so hot with the blonde Thank hair. You. I, I appreciate like, it too. Thank you. Blondes have more fun, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nikki, I, and I don't want to get into this oh, conversation, I do. but can we go into it, no, please? No, come on, dude. No. Can we? All right, sorry. I'm getting hypnotized by this bad radio. Yeah, yeah. They're two minutes in. It's bad. It's like bad reality television. Like you can't pull away from it. You're just like, oh, laugh more and stretch out the conversation even longer and get nothing accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Sean, how can we yeah, have to talk so, about our hair yet? Yeah. Yeah. Every yo, everyone, yeah. everyone talking. <laughs> everyone is talking about you. For these reasons, you beat up this woman, you threw this chair through this glass window, yeah. then we'll talk about your uh, picture of your naked penis floating around on the internet. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I guess I guess that was also involved, but but let's first, let's get to the dyed hair. I understand you want to butter him up and then get into it, but he never gets into it. Yeah. Just drives me crazy. You have a, you have a chance. You have a chance to do something amazing. You have something... I don't know. Not that he's going to do... All right. I'm just fired up. I, I just want a place in show business somewhere. I just want to I, – I, if, that's, if that's number one radio station, I should have a niche somewhere where I should be making some real money. Sean, I feel your pain, man. All right. I'm a little fired up, Hassan. Sean, are we being bar- broadcast over here? No. that's. Uh, I think they just have cameras on, so okay. in, case, in case I pull a Chris Brown and just smash all the equipment okay. up, they're like, all right, yeah, clearly that was Sean uh, destroying the entire studio. Right. Well, Hassan, I uh, really enjoyed having you on. Where can where can people get more Hassan? Where can they check you out? You can check me out on my website, HassanMinaj.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at Hassan Minaj, or uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Rob, where can we get more Rob Christensen? Follow me on Twitter, at Rob Loves Bagels. And if I'm following you, follow me back. It's beef, you know what I'm saying? And if you unfollowed me, I know about Rob it. Rob Loves right? Bagels. I know about Rob you does unfollowing have an, me. All right? Rob, Rob does have an application where he sees which comedians right. have unfollowed him. Listen. And then we go to these comedy shows. He's like, yeah, that bitch over there. I never mentioned it, but I know that you unfollowed me. I know you did. Oh, right, un- t- you, you know, know you did, unfollow? too. You know when they unfollow? I him? know. I'll, I'll give you that. He's, he's a crazy. Is it called Quitter? Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard he's, of it. a, he's a crazy, crazy sense of man, but he's a funny guy. Appreciate both. I you guys. know what you did. Both appreciate both you guys being on. I'm gonna wrap things up with the uh, Top Shot clip of the week. Top Shot clip of the week. I, I just gotta play this one. This is of course the Marksman reality show on History Channel, which I love. Uh, so enjoy this. This is the host talking about a guy firing a sniper rifle. Ryan Kleckner, former Army Ranger sniper team leader, is here to train you with the Barrett, show you how to make this fiddle play a tune. (laughs) I don't know. That was for me. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Green Room. We do it live every Thursday, 8 o'clock on latalkradio.com. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Check out SeanTCreed.com. Click on iTunes link to subscribe to the podcast or follow Sean on Twitter at Green Room Show. Really naive, shit, she was still only 19, and he was many years.